الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Every one of us has to go through this life and as we go through this life we have responsibilities that we carry on our shoulders and those responsibilities uh they cannot be avoided so every person must carry weight and responsibility on their shoulders that is the nature of our existence and no one can change it that's just the way this life has been designed it's a test everybody has to go through the exam it is just part of who we are it is part of how we pass through this world the only aspect of that well there's multiple angles to 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 understanding this point so one one angle is to just appreciate this and i think this is something that we often don't um see very clearly when we're naive we look at other people and we think that they have no responsibility on their shoulders and they must be so comfortable and i'm the only one that has some responsibility in my back and that is a very naive way of looking at of looking at the world to think that well everybody else must be enjoying and everybody else must not be challenged and everybody else's life must be perfect and why is it all happening happening to me why is it i'm the only one that has responsibility on my shoulders and then what happens the reason why that's naive is because it's not realistic but the consequence of that is that then people begin to say well it's not fair so if it's not fair then whose fault is it now the billah becomes allah's fault right because allah has given me all these issues and has not put it on anybody else's shoulder Now I'll give you just a simple example of this and it's it's just a it's a petty simple example but it just goes to show you how a naive individual tends to look at the world. So I have a daughter she's 6 years old. And she says to me like just a few days ago literally she says you're so lucky. You're so lucky. I said oh really why why am I so lucky? She said oh You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have any difficulty. I have to go to school and I have to do homework. And you don't have any homework and you don't have to go to school. So, you're so lucky. So I I just looked at her. Looked at her and I said, "Yeah, that's lucky. That's lucky. That's very lucky. Alhamdulillah, that's very lucky." So, I mean, this is the way that I mean, the 6-year-old looks at the world. The 6-year-old thinks that I'm the only one. I have to go to school. Look at my dad. He doesn't have to go to school. He comes home. He doesn't have to do homework. He doesn't have to worry about filling out these book lists of books that he read. In her mind, you know, that's the that's like the way the world exists. But the reality is is that 
you know, I mean, I'm carrying weight on my shoulder. I know that. I don't do homework. I wish I could. I'm thinking the other way. I wish someone would tuck me in bed at night. I wish somebody would send me to school and give me a bag where I just have to write down the name of a couple of books that I read, each of them, which is five pages long, you know. But that's just a, that's just a naive way of looking at the world. Now, she's five years, whatever, six years old, and she's looking at the world that way. But that is her reality. She was serious. She was not joking at all. She was absolutely serious that I'm the luckiest person because I don't have to go to school and I don't have to fill out book reports. You know, these whatever book lists of the book that I've, books that I've read. So that's the way that the pe- people tend to view the world. Now, that's an extreme example. I mean, obviously, we're not six sitting in this. But spiritually, many people are six. And we often act very spiritually mature. And we look at other people and think, they must be enjoying or they must really be living the life. And how come I'm not living the life or they, you know, how come everything works out for them and it doesn't work out for me. But the reality is that every single person in this world is being tested and they're being equally tested. And each of them is going through difficulty. It doesn't matter if you look at the person and they're constantly smiling, they are carrying weight on their shoulder. You cannot avoid it. No one in this room can avoid it. And you cannot run from it, by the way. Don't think that, you know, if I move to the Caribbean and live on some island, there's not going to be any problems. There will be. There will be, there will be some other issues that will arise. Every person in existence has to carry weight on their shoulders. It cannot be avoided. So two things to recognize from that. Number one, we don't look at other people and assume that they must be living up some life of Jannah in this world and that they have no responsibility on their shoulder. It's not possible. And it's very naive to look at it that way. It's very naive, and in fact, it's a waste of time. It's a, it's a, it's a distraction to, to look at the world that way. And then beyond that, once we appreciate that we have to carry responsibility, then the next thing that we have to ask ourselves is, well, what can I do about it? How can I manage it? What choices do I have? Okay, if responsibility is a, is a constant, then what are the variables? So the variables are what type of responsibility we carry on our shoulder. The variables are what type of responsibility we carry on our shoulders. Now, we have the option of loading responsibility on our shoulders And if we load responsibility on our shoulders, then the consequence of that is that we won't get loaded with other things on our shoulders. Maybe let me simplify this. So you have to carry responsibility. That's point A. Point B, you can only carry so much responsibility. That's also defined. Every human being has a defined or finite amount of responsibility that they can carry on their shoulders. That's, that's also established. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden any soul with more than it can bear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden any soul with more than it can bear. So what does that mean? That means that the responsibility placed on any indi- one individual is finite. It's not infinite. It will not be that you will be bombarded with constant, conflict, constant turmoil and you won't be able to ever bear it and it will crush you. It's not, it's not possible. It's not the way that the game has been designed. So now we know that we have to carry a responsibility. We know that that responsibility is finite, which is these two things are constant, can't change those. So now the only variable here is if I have to carry responsibility and it's a finite responsibility, then what responsibility will I carry on my shoulder? What responsibility will I carry on my shoulder? So that is in our court. That ball is in our court. 
And that's something that is established by that. That is something that is、uh, contingent upon our establishing of deen. So, for example, if I take on my shoulder the responsibility of caring of caring for others, then it's very likely that other problems will not arise. For example, if I'm fully burdened with caring with caring for people outside, let's say I'm every day serving humanity. You know, there's some blessed individual on the planet every day they're serving humanity. Then they will tend to have less problems in their home because they're already carrying the responsibility of others on the outside. If I take a responsibility on my shoulder of carrying Dean, for example, I make a responsibility on my shoulder. I, I take on the option. I take on the responsibility of learning. The knowledge of Dean. So, if I busy myself with learning the knowledge of Dean, with memorization of Quran, with the Dikr of Allah, with、um, the service of humanity, you you pick a pick a category. Then, as I burden myself with those things, then it is less likely that I'll be burdened with the mundane things in life. Now, I could leave it empty. I could just be lackadaisical and say whatever hits me is going to hit me. Then I'll be dealing with flat tire. This thing went wrong. That thing went wrong. The pipe burst in my basement. Whatever it might be. But if I take on the responsibilities of dean, service, khidma, knowledge, etc., then it's much less likely that these other quote-unquote mundane difficulties will plague me. So this is the One, this is one of the secrets of Dean, because this is what makes life valuable. That we take on responsibilities that are useful to us, right? That don't just keep us busy, but actually allow us to create a foundation that will allow us to eventually earn a reward in Jannah. So this is something that every salik, you know, we've been talking over the last few weeks about. Uh, different angles of of saluk and how a salik approaches the path and the defi- definition of the path and how how we progress on the path. This is a very fundamental,、uh, basic understanding that is present in the mind of the salik at the time that they begin their saluk. When a person decides that they want to travel on the path of spiritual development, one of the things that they appreciate is that I want to take this responsibility on my shoulder. Rather than just my time being wasted in things and going here and there and being bounced around like a pinball, I want to take responsibility on my shoulder of my own development. I want to reflect on my own weaknesses and make an effort to fix them. I want to elevate myself spiritually by spending some time in the dhikr of Allah. And when a person takes that responsibility responsibility upon their own shoulder. And then begins to apply themselves towards that responsibility. One of the consequences is that as they become deeper and consistent, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala evaporates the other things that are mundane. Now, you know, people look at that and they say, "Okay, my life improves. You know, difficulties. If I spend my time in zikr, less difficulties will plague me. Yes, less of these mundane difficulties will plague a person. I've seen that over and over and over again." If a person takes saddles themselves with this responsibility of developing themselves, then as they do more good, less difficulties will be present in their life. That that's、uh, I've seen you know firsthand. I've seen it cons- I've seen it regularly and continuously. So when a salik makes a decision to 
saddle themselves with the responsibility of their spiritual development and then become serious about their spiritual development, one of the things, one of the benefits of that, one of the benefits of that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to evaporate the circumstances that would have otherwise made them busy so that they can apply themselves to this to this path. And that's a blessing because look, there's no way, if you're constantly struggling with everything around the world, you're fighting with this person and fighting with that person and this person's not getting along with you and you're not getting along with that person and you're, this is breaking down and that's not working out and you're losing uh, this and that in your life and things aren't stable, then how can a person focus? It's very difficult for a person to focus in that, in that consequence. And I'm not saying that this is an overnight change, but when a person takes on one of the barakas of baya and one of the barakas of, is of, of applying oneself to the path is that Allah creates a, a space around that person at the time of that baya, by the way. And I've seen this as well. So at the time of the baya, one of the barakas of the baya is that when that person is making that open intention in their heart to rectify themselves, to develop themselves, to advance themselves, then a cloud of space comes up around them. A cloud of spiritual space. So that that those things that were plaguing their heart and distracting them become just a little bit less dense. Now, I'm not saying it disappears completely, but it, the cloud dissipates slightly around them, creating a bubble of space for their, for their development. If in that window, see these clouds, they, they, they come back as well. If in that window, the person begins to get consistent with their dhikr, consistent with their routine, becomes consistent in establishing deen, begins to cloak themselves with the responsibilities of the sharia, so they begin to move away from haram, move towards halal, inculcate the sunnah, then that space begins to widen. That, that cloud, you know, that, neb, that the cloud of, um, of, of, of problems, that space begins to widen. And as that space begins to widen, then the person is able to advance themselves and develop themselves and take on additional responsibility. So long as they maintain responsibility on their shoulder, that, those, that cloud of, uh, of difficulties, the cloud of trials, let's put it that way, the cloud of trials and tribulations stays at bay. It cannot, it cannot penetrate because the, the person's already loaded. The person's shoulders are already fully, full, have, are carrying full weight. So one of the things that a Salik recognizes is that in order for them to be able to maintain their routine, it becomes very important for them to be consistent with their routine. Because consistency is what keeps abey all of those clouds. And when those clouds are away, that's what creates the space that allows the person to, be, to, to, be, to develop themselves and actually maximize on their opportunity. Now, this applies to their routine, but it also applies to the things that are also connected to their routine. So, for example, as, as you're aware, one of the major ways by which a person can develop themselves, aside from their routine, is to attach themselves to the gaining of knowledge of deen. Knowledge of deen is a major fuel. I would even say it's more than dhikr. It's more than a person's routine dhikr. If a person begins to uh, pursue knowledge of deen and, and begins to use, begins to learn and study and reflect on the knowledge of deen, that becomes a fuel that allows the person to progress on the path. Now, 
as a person takes on that responsibility, then what happens is, again, additional space opens up so that they can carry that responsibility on their shoulder and they can apply themselves with that intention that they've made. However, if a person doesn't take it seriously or isn't consistent or doesn't give it its due, doesn't give it its due time and energy and effort, then eventually what happens is this cloud of trials and tribulations and headaches and problems, it begins to come back in because space is made, because the person wasn't consistent, wasn't, wasn't taking advantage of the opportunity. And then it mixes into their routine. And when it mixes into their routine, then what happens? I wanted to come to class, but my car broke down. I really wanted to be there, but then something happened. This happened, that happened. And it's funny because they can have one excuse, but I will tell you, without even knowing the next five weeks, I can tell you they'll have five more excuses the next five weeks. Until what happens? Eventually they write the email. I'm not able to keep up. I don't know what happened, but nothing is, it's, you know, I'm not able to keep up. I don't know what to do. Okay. So the consequence of that, the, the, the reason that that occurred is because the person wasn't consistent. We have to be consistent. If we take on a responsibility, the initial, there's, there's a tremendous amount of barakah in the beginning of anything. There's a tremendous amount of barakah in the beginning of anything. Part of that barakah is that this cloud of space opens up. This, this opens, open, this, this expanse opens up around the individual, creating space for them to be able to apply themselves to what they're doing. If they then apply themselves a hundred percent, then it becomes imp- that, that the difficulties cannot penetrate that. If they apply themselves a hundred percent, difficulties cannot penetrate that. And so you'll see that there's no end towards effort. Look, there's no person on this planet who is alive, who, who is developing themselves that ever says that I reached an end. For example, if uh, there's a sheikh who's uh, trained, let's say there's an individual that's training themselves in saluk, okay? So they train themselves, train themselves, train themselves. They spend, I don't know, 40 years training themselves. So you might say that after 40 years, they could stand up and say to themselves, I'm done, let's relax and move on to something else. It never ends. It never ends. They after Even if they can complete whatever they were doing, then the responsibility of training others comes upon them, and that's even harder than training oneself. So what happened? They have to continuously apply themselves at each phase of who they are until the day they reach the grave. There's no end to this. It's a continuous, perpetual effort. People who study knowledge of deen, okay, they study, and there's a finite number of years that a person's going to study, be it 5, 15, 8, whatever it might be. But they all know, and they all say, and it's clearly understood that there is no end to, to that effort. That knowledge can be acquired from the cradle to the grave, and there is no day that that knowledge, uh, that, that thirst for knowledge can be quenched. Then even if a person gets to the point where the seeking of knowledge becomes less dominant in, the, uh, uh, in their routine, then it's only because the, the transmission of knowledge became greater. If, there, if there's a person who's seeking knowledge and they get to the point in their life where the seeking of knowledge becomes less dominant in their routine, it's only because it has been superseded by the transmission of knowledge. So maybe there's some person that was a student, but the only way that they will apply themselves less to knowledge is that they eventually become a teacher, in which it's not a lower application, it's a greater application of their knowledge. 
because, or it's not a lesser application, it's a greater application of their knowledge because not only are they learning, but they're disseminating that knowledge, which then means that they're disseminating it to a large body of individuals. So this effort never ends. And each person has to apply themselves to the maximum ability. Now, we, you know, this weekend, we, you know, many of the students of the program are here and they're here for their exams. And so, you know, that's, that's just part of the routine. But one of the things that I want to make very clear in, in this, you know, first session is that we make an intention towards gaining knowledge and that in, by making that intention, we take on a responsibility. And if we want to fulfill that intention, then it means that we have to be consistent towards that responsibility. Because that space that arises is limited. And it's limited in time and it's limited in the amount of freedom that it creates. Any intention, by the way, any intention in Dean is that way. Actually, in all of life, but let's just focus on Dean right now. If we make an intention that I am going to donate and then we don't donate, our money gets wasted in something else. It's not like the money ends up sitting in the bank. It'll get wasted in something else. But that's, that, 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 that space that's created, that's limited. And so if a person, if the sense of making a donation comes into a person's heart, meaning, you know, they get over their nafs, they get over their attachment, and they actually get to the point where they say, you know, I need to make a donation. This is a worthy cause. They should do it yesterday. They shouldn't wait until tomorrow. Because, again, there's a window of opportunity created where we can see clearly and where it's easy. You know, you could take your hand out of your pocket and extend it and put it in the box. There's space that's required to do that, spiritual and physical. And so it has to be that the person maintains that space. And so what happens? The person makes a donation. So what happens? Allah bestows much more on them. So for what? For them to make an additional donation. And then more is bestowed upon them in this life and the next. And they can make additional donations. There is no person who makes a donation who, that, that the result is their wealth decreases. There's no such donation that a person can make for deen that their wealth would decrease. Even though it might decrease temporarily in a few dollars by a number, in the long term, every person who donates knows that this actually increased my wealth. And you can ask anybody who, and ask anybody who's a donor you know, a real donor who understands, you know, what it means to, to take a chunk of their wealth and give it. And they will all tell you the same thing. I've never missed it. I've actually felt that I've gotten more, but each time I gave whatever I gave. So that's just in donations, but this applies to everything. I'm just giving you an example. And it applies to no the seeking of knowledge as well. When a person makes an intention and then applies themselves then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses them, blesses them how? By creating more space, by creating more time, by creating rapid understanding of the knowledge, by granting that person teachers and opportunities to be able to advance themselves in knowledge. Getting high in knowledge doesn't mean that we sit around and wish that we could be high in knowledge. Getting high in knowledge or getting high in deen means that we take advantage of every opportunity that's present before us, maximize on it, and Allah opens the next door when we do that. People sit down and they say, I want to become a scholar. I want to go to... Then they pick some rare place in the world where they can go and study. That is not the way a person becomes a scholar. You don't go to some rare random place that's far away and just plant yourself in the middle of a desert somewhere. It begins by taking advantage of every opportunity that's in front of you. 
And when we take full advantage of those opportunities, Allah naturally opens the door to the next one. And then we take full advantage of that, recognizing that we're not deserving, and then Allah opens the next one. And then we take full maximum advantage of that, recognizing that we're not deserving, and Allah opens the next one. So the ball is in our court. We don't need to sit and plan like I should be in this one place, you know, where, where I'm going to gain knowledge. We should be making the intention to maximize on the opportunities that are present before us. So what does that mean? If we have an opportunity that there is a teacher available to teach us or there's a program in which we can advance ourselves, then we should be fully taking advantage of that, which means that if there's a time that we're supposed to be present, we should be present, not absent. We should be present, and everybody should know that this is, this, this is the time that I need to be present. There will be barakah in it for everyone, including the family. But it needs to be established, and we need to be serious about it. And, and it's not just one person. It's the whole family that needs to be serious about it. We need to create the space for one another. If we know that we have a certain assignment due, right, and we cram it in at the last minute, I've got my exam. I'm going to finish it at the last second. I'm going to do this assignment right before the teacher comes on, and I can quickly figure, you know, make it look like I completed my assignment. It doesn't, it's not going to help us. Why? Because Allah knows, and Allah watches, and Allah knows how seriously we treat it. If we treat it as something secondary, then it will never become something primary for us. We can't fool it. It's coming from Allah. Light, knowledge is nur from Allah. You can't trick knowledge into giving itself to you. You have to completely give yourself to it. And when we completely give ourselves to it, then it comes back and gives us even more. Which means what? It means diligence. It means studying every day. It means having a set time carved out. It means eliminating the things that are distractors. It means taking advantage of the opportunities that the teachers provide for us. It means maximizing on, on every single opportunity that's available to us, even if it's not perfect. And I'm the first one to say that opportunities are never perfect. It's not. We're human beings. Opportunities are never perfect. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward is always perfect. And he's just looking for a person to make a step towards him. And then Allah makes multiple steps towards them. Now, if there's something that's not perfect, it's because we haven't maximized on that opportunity. So what are we expecting? There's multiple angles that we can take towards this discussion. But as students, and all of us are students, whether that be of saluk or whether that be of knowledge or whether that be of other things in our life, as students, we have to recognize that when we make the intention, it cre- the, the barakah of the intention, the barakah of beginning something, is always that space is created. And then the the consequence of that intention is judged by how we take advantage of the space that's there. So if I make an intention that if I had a million dollars, I would build a masjid, okay? And then all of a sudden I'm given some wealth and I don't give it, the space closes. But if I make an intention, if I had a million dollars, I would give it to the masjid and I get a hundred dollars and I give it to the masjid, then the opportunity opens for the next time for me to give 200 and the next time for me to give a thousand and the next time for me to give 5,000. And people will, people, the funny thing is that the people who give you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollar checks. They're the same ones who give the next time a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollar checks. Because Allah always returns it. So in our time it's the same way. If we 
give and apply ourselves and put, make ourselves consistent in being present in class, in studying beforehand, in taking advantage of the opportunities that the teachers have provided us, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up more opportunities, will open up more understanding, will allow us to be able to maximize on the opportunity present before us. But if we don't, then that cloud of busyness will come upon us. Now I'm running here and this isn't working out and I'm going here and this person's getting sick and that person's getting sick and this tire is not working and this bill just came in the mail and I missed this and I missed that and nothing is ever calm and under control. So that ball is in our court. So the purpose of this week's, uh, this weekend's gathering is to strengthen our intention and increase our motivation and de- come up with a personal plan by which we can maximize on the opportunity. And because the topic was relatively focused, along with a few other reasons, but because the topic I wanted the topic to be focused, that was why I had said to individuals that it should be closed to the people who are in the program. So, I mean, we weren't trying to exclude anybody, but I just felt that this I wanted the message to really hit the people that it needs to hit. And so that's why, that was one of the reasons why we had said that. Um, there's other reasons as well. There's a lot going on right now, but this was one of, the, one of the key reasons. And so each of us over this, the, the, the talks over this, this next uh, 24 to however many hours we have, they'll all be focused on this topic. The importance of knowledge, how to gain knowledge, the adab of gaining knowledge, the etiquettes of knowledge, the benefits of knowledge, the angles that we should take towards acquiring knowledge, whatever it might be. Each person will say what they want to say. I didn't give anybody any specific topic. I just said that this is the theme. You guys pick the topics. Allah put in each person's heart whatever they should say. So whoever is speaking here will share with you whatever they feel that they need to share. But the theme will be this angle of knowledge and the acquisition of knowledge, the importance of knowledge, etc., And what my hope is from this gathering, that everybody will make the intention to maximize on this opportunity and will think about how they've taken advantage of what came before and how we can improve that to take more advantage of what is to come. That's, that's the goal of this, of this, uh, this retreat. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to acquire knowledge of deen. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to acquire the knowledge that will teach us how to please Him and will teach us how to avoid displeasing Him. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that knowledge that which is inculcated in our heart and that upon which we are able to act upon. And we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are in the company of those who have knowledge and that He create opportunities for us to acquire and transmit knowledge. وآخر الدعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين